With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Brain Builders Podcast. I am your host, Dr. John DeWitt, and today we're going to talk about several suggestions to help people that aren't aware or unwilling to admit that they have some cognitive um, impairments some some problems thinking with their moods, etc. This is from Dr. Eamon's book, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. And the first of these is try the straightforward approach, but with a new brain twist. Clearly tell the person what behaviors concern you. Tell him or her that the problems may be due to underlying brain patterns that can be tuned up. Explain that help may be available. Help not to cure a defect, but rather help to optimize how the brain functions. That's what Brain Builders is all about. Tell the loved one that you know he or she is trying to do his or her best, but unproductive behavior, thoughts, or feelings (coughs) may be getting in the way of success at work and relationships or within themselves. Emphasize access, not defect. Number two, give the loved one information, books, websites, and articles such as this podcast, blogtalkradio.com slash brainbuilders, or my Brain Builders Masterclass, which there's a link for in the description of this podcast. And if you don't have that, you can go to bit.ly slash waitlistbb, as in brainbuilders, all one word, and that will get you on the waitlist for the next course. Many people come to see Dr. Amon because they read a book of his or they saw a video that he produced or read an article that he'd written. Good information can be very persuasive, especially if it is presented in a positive, life-enhancing way. One of the most effective tools is to show them his 14-minute TED Talk titled The Most Important Lesson from 83,000 Brain Scans, which you can find on his website, amonclinics.com. Number three, when a person remains resistant to help, even after you've been straightforward and given him or her good information, plant seeds. Plant ideas about getting help and then water them regularly. Drop an idea, article, or other information about the topic from time to time. However, if you talk too much about getting help, people become resentful and won't get help just to spite you. So be careful not to go overboard. Protect your relationship with the other person. People are more, this is number four. People are more receptive to people they trust than to people who nag and belittle them. I do not let anyone, Dr. Amon, does not let anyone tell him something bad about himself unless he trusts him or her. Work on gaining the person's trust over the long run. It It will make him or her more receptive to your suggestions. Do not make getting help the only thing that you talk about. Make sure you're interested in the person's whole life, not just potential medical appointments. Number five, give new hope. Many people with these problems have tried to get help, and it either didn't work or made them worse. Educate them on new brain technology that helps professionals be more focused and more effective in treatment efforts. Number six, 
there comes a time when you have to say enough is enough. It's if, if over, if over time, the other person refuses to get, if over time the other person refuses to get help and his or her behavior has a negative impact on your life, you may have to separate yourself. Staying in a toxic relationship is harmful to your health and it often enables the other person to remain sick. Actually, I've seen, Dr. Amon has seen that the threat or act of leaving can motivate people to change, whether it's about drinking, drug use, or treating underlying ADD or bipolar disorder. Threatening to leave is not the first approach I would, he would take, but after time, it may be the best approach. Realize that, this is number seven, realize that you cannot force people into treatment unless they are dangerous to themselves, dangerous to others, or unable to care for themselves. You can do only what you can do. Fortunately, today, there's a lot more we can do than even 10 years ago. Finding a competent professional. So at this point in his career, Dr. Aiming gets many emails, social media posts, and calls each week from people all over the world who are looking for competent professionals in their area who think in ways similar to himself and utilize the principles outlined in the book that we're reading from. Because these principles are still on the edge of what is new in brain sciences, these professionals may be hard to find. Still, finding the right professional for evaluation and treatment is critical to, healing, to the healing process. The wrong professional can make things worse. There are a number of steps you can take to find the best person to assist you. Number one, get the best person you can find. Saving money up front may cost you a lot in the long run. The right help not only is cost-effective, but saves unnecessary pain and suffering. Don't rely on a therapist solely because he or she is on your managed care plan. That person may or, not, may or may not be a good fit for you. Don't settle for someone who isn't a good fit for you. If he or she is on your insurance plan, that's great. Just don't let that be the primary criteria you use if you can help it. Number two, use specialists. Brain science is exp- <laughs> expanding at a rapid, rapid pace. Excuse me. Specialists keep up with the latest developments in their fields, while generalists, family physicians, have to try to keep up with everything. If I had a heart arrhythmia, I would see a cardiologist rather than a general internist. I want to be treated by someone who has, been, who has seen hundreds or even thousands of cases like mine. Number three, get information about referrals from people who are highly knowledgeable about your problem. <clears throat> and in, until I am certified in the Dr. Amen and Dr. Bredesen protocols, that is what I am for as well on the podcast and on in the online masterclass. Sometimes well-meaning generalists give very bad information. I have known many physicians and teachers who make light of brain system problems such as ADD, learning disabilities, depression, and discourage people from getting help. One family physician told one of my recent patients, oh, ADD is a fad. You don't need help. Just try harder. Wow. In searching for help, contact people who are likely to give you good information, such as specialists in the field, people at major research centers, and people in support groups for your specific problem. Check out Internet Medical Support Groups. Support groups often have members who have visited the professionals in the area, and they can give you important information about the doctor, such as his or her bedside manner, competence, responsiveness, and organization. Number four, once you get the names of competent professionals, check their credentials. They should have board certification. To become board certified, physicians have to pass certain written and verbal tests. They have to, or they have had to discipline themselves to gain specialized skill and knowledge. Don't give excessive weight to the medical school or graduate school the professional attended. 
to the exclusion of other factors. I have worked with some doctors who went to Yale and Harvard who did not have a clue about how to treat patients appropriately, while other doctors from less prestigious schools were outstanding, forward-thinking, and caring. Number five, set up an interview with the professional to see whether or not you want to work with him or not. Generally, you have to pay for his or her time, but it is worth spending time getting to know the people you will rely on for help. If you sense the fit isn't good, keep looking. Number six, many professionals write articles or books or speak at meetings or local groups. If possible, read their writings or hear them speak to get a feel for the kind of people they are and their ability to help you. Number seven, look for for a person who is open-minded, up-to-date, and willing to try new things. That is so important. I posted in uh, Facebook recently. You need a doctor that is going to listen to you when you bring up new possibilities, new options, new strategies that are at the very least willing to look at it, read it, and consider it. And not just, oh, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm the doctor. You don't know anything. You don't want somebody like that. You want, you want a teammate that's going to help you get where you want to be. Number eight, look for a person who treats you with respect, who listens to your questions, and who responds to your needs. Look for a relationship that is collaborative and trusting. I know it's hard to find a professional who meets all these criteria and who also has the right training in brain physiology, but it is possible. Be persistent. The right caregiver is essential to healing. So when should you think about getting a functional imaging study, such as a spec scan? Dr. Amon's office orders spec studies on most of their patients because generally they come, they come to them after they have failed to get better with other specialists and therapies. <clears throat> Many patients tell them, you are my last hope. In these cases, we need more detailed information to see if we can identify something that has been overlooked. In general, they think of spec like radar. If it's sunny outside, it's easy for pilots to land planes at the airport. If you have a simple case, you don't need a scan. But if it is stormy out with dark clouds, lightning, and thunder, radar can be the lifesaver. Likewise, if your case is complicated and you have not gotten better with other providers or treatments, a scan could be lifesaving. Here are several common questions and answers about SPECT. Will the SPECT study give me an accurate diagnosis? No, a SPECT study by itself will not give a diagnosis. SPECT studies help the clinician understand more about the specific function of your brain. Each person's brain is unique, which may lead to unique responses to medicine or therapy. Diagnosis about specific conditions are made through a combination of clinical history, personal interviews, information from families, diagnostic checklists, spec studies, and other neuropsychological tests. No imaging study alone is a doctor in a box that can give accurate diagnoses on individual patients. Why are spec studies ordered? Some of the common reasons include evaluating seizure activity, evaluating cerebral vascular disease such as strokes, cognitive impairment and dementia, the effects of mild, moderate, and severe head trauma, suspicion of underlying organic brain conditions such as seizure activity contributing to behavioral disturbances, prenatal trauma, or exposure to toxins, evaluating atypical or unresponsive aggressive behavior, determining the extent of brain impairment caused by drug or alcohol abuse, subtyping ADD, anxiety, depression, addictions, and obesity, evaluating treatment-resistant couples, general wellness screenings for people who are interested in optimization. Are there any side effects or risks to the study? The study does not involve a dye, and people do not have allergic reactions to the study. The possibility exists, although in a very small percentage of patients, of a mild rash, facial redness, and edema 
fever and a transient increase in blood pressure. The amount of radiation exposure from one brain spec study is approximately the same as from one head CT scan or one-third of an abdominal CT scan. How is the spec procedure done? The patient is placed in a quiet room and an intravenous line is started. The patient remains quiet for approximately 10 minutes with eyes open to allow his or her mental state to equilibrate to the environment. The imaging agent is then injected through the IV. After another short period of time, the patient lies on the table and the spec camera rotates around his or her head. The patient does not go into a tube. Time on the table is approximately 15 minutes. If a concentration study is ordered, the patient returns on another day to repeat the process. Concentration test is performed during the injection of the isotope. Are, are there alternatives to having a SPECT study? In our opinion, SPECT is the most clinically useful study of brain function. There are other studies such as quantitative electroencephalograms, positron emission tomography studies and functional MRIs, PET, scan, PET studies and fMRIs tend to be more costly and they are performed mostly in research settings. And the quantitative electroencephalograms can provide useful information but often do not give inf information on the deep areas of the brain. Does insurance cover the cost of spec studies? Reimbursement by insurance companies varies according to your plan. It's a good idea to check with the insurance company ahead of time to see if it is a covered benefit. Is the use of brain spec imaging accepted in the medical community? Brain spec studies are widely recognized as an effective tool for evaluating brain function in seizure, strokes, dementia, and head trauma. There are literally thousands of research articles on these topics. In their clinics, based on their experience over 24 years, they've developed this techno technology further to evaluate aggression and non-responsive psychiatric conditions. Unfortunately, many physicians do not fully understand the application of SPECT imaging and may tell you that the technology is experimental, but over 5,000 medical and mental health professionals around the world have referred patients to them for scans. All right. So that is it for today. Next time we're going to revisit one of the people we mentioned earlier, Andrew, the uh, nephew of Dr. Amen that became violent because of a brain cyst occupying the space in his left temporal lobe. We will talk about that next time. This is your host of the Brain Builders podcast, Dr. John DeWitt. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please um, leave comments. Um, you can call in to leave comments if you like or to ask questions. And uh, the number for that is, oh, actually, I don't know what the number is for that. Hmm. Well, anyway, you can uh, post questions and I will answer or uh, hopefully I'll answer during the session. Have a wonderful day and we will talk to you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.